Welcome to the Nourish Rap Podcast, hosted by two passionate clinical nutritionists whose mission is to educate, inspire, and empower people to lead a more nourishing life. Katie and Jessica value evidence-based practice, holistic healing approaches, and practical health advice, all while having fun along the way. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys. Um, today we're going to be doing a follow-up to some of our earlier episodes where Jess talked about her experience with polycystic ovarian syndrome and pregnancy. Yeah, so that was right in the beginning of um, when I was pregnant and here we are now. I'm currently 34 weeks pregnant and kind of nearly on the home straight. Absolutely. Yep, so there's no issue or isn't she pregnant now. There's, yeah. there's a definite pregnancy. <laughs> definitely. Um, so we thought it would be a really good um, a good opportunity to update you on Jess's journey. And I'm going to be taking the role of interviewer, I suppose, um, and asking Jess lots about her journey so far and some of the things that have come up and how she's addressed them and what she's doing with her nutrition specifically. So... Jess, um, how far along are you at this point? So I'm 34 weeks um, and yeah, so well into my third trimester. I guess um, I'll talk about what the biggest changes have been maybe since um, when we last checked in with myself. I would think... What was I? I was about 19 weeks, I think. Yes. Um, and I'd just come out of feeling pretty, pretty awful because I had some terrible sort of morning sickness and nausea constantly. But I think since then, I felt really good. Um, so my food has been a lot more varied again. I've been feeling like eating the f- foods that I used to before falling pregnant, um, which has been really nice. Okay, so maybe give us some examples, Jess, of the sorts of things you might mm. have for, say, breakfast. And- oh, okay. Brekkie ranges. Um, I've been really, I guess, with pregnancy and also feeding babies and children and while breastfeeding. I think the most important thing is from a nutritional perspective is to have a varied diet. So not limiting any food groups or anything like that. Um, So I guess now that I've been pregnant, some of my breakfast say would be um, like beautiful steel cut oats with almond milk and a handful of like nut and seed mix. I'd put some protein powder in there because protein's really important um, with some maybe some fresh fruit and some ground cinnamon and things like that because I've been pregnant through winter as well, which has been really nice. Um, other times I'll do just saute up some sweet potato and some other veggies um, and have like scrambled eggs or I'll saute up veggies and have maybe like a lamb chop or something like that but if you for those who really know me I'm a big like I'll have like dinner foods for breakfast so I've been doing that um but essentially kind of like every meal that I've been eating has really been just been focusing on that balance of the macronutrients yeah so yeah protein fats and the complex carbs Um, I will say actually, um, you know, through this journey, I've noticed that I've been eating a lot more carbs um, than I used to. And I feel really good doing that. So like my fruit intake, that's probably the biggest thing that's changed. Like I would probably, I would eat fruit regularly, but now it's like every day I have like, I reckon three pieces of like fruit. It just, I just love it. It makes me feel good. So 
Yeah, just really listening to my body. Um, what's some other meals? I guess they've been my staples. Okay, so are you avoiding any food groups? No. So that was um, – oh, look, to be honest, I, I haven't been eating much dairy, but that's because when I did eat some dairy, I had a really big craving for some cheese, and I ha- was having some, like, throughout the week. But then by the end of the week, I was – I don't know, I didn't feel really good. So I was like, I think it's the cheese. And then since not having the dairy, I've just felt good. But that's the only thing apart from that, like, and I've actually been, um, you know, quite laxed, I would say, with my diet. Not that I'm eating processed sugary foods, like, all the time, but I just so guess... eating bread and... Yeah, bread, like oats, yeah, so potato, gluten, gluten yeah, but whole food sources of gluten, yeah. you know, not like the processed refined sources so everything i am eating is coming from a good whole food source and always the best choices that i can make yeah but just try not to limit myself because it's so important during pregnancy you know to really be nourishing the body yeah and you're having plenty of different nuts and seeds and yes you know some of those foods that maybe we have a higher anaphylactic tolerant yes so yep still eating my nuts and seeds um I've, i've always loved them um coconut eggs as i mentioned before and egg peanuts peanut butter butter, yep Yep. everything yeah so really mainly just the dairy but that's for me on a personal level level it just didn't feel make me feel good yeah okay so jess maybe you can um update us on your plans yeah having your baby yeah let's talk about that so I've actually decided to do um, a home birth pending everything stays low risk and everything goes smoothly, but that's sort of the plan. And um, I'm really, really excited about it because I think birth is just such an awesome experience. And I think being in a space where I feel comfortable is really important. So yeah, I've kind of taken that that path. Yeah. Instead of kind of the hospital way. And yeah, so just see what happens. Yeah. Might have to do a podcast after and see. I can tell everyone about it. Yeah. So you've got a, a midwife that's going to be looking after you at home when you go into labour. Yeah, I've got two midwives looking after me. Um, yeah. So this is all through private, like um, businesses that run um, run their services, midwifery services. They're qualified midwives. Um, everything's all double checked through the hospital and the G- my GP and everything like that. So. Yeah, it's really, it's, I didn't actually realize that there was these sort of, um, I guess, opportunities for birth and things like that. And when, when I discussed it with the private midwife, it just gelled with me really well. So great. Yeah. And then you've got a backup plan in case you backup plan. I sure do. So I'll be, um, that's one of the main things that they'll do. They'll, um, around my due date, have me booked in at a hospital that if we do need to transfer there'll be a room for me there'll be all the necessary measures done as it would be a hospital birth we just have to drive there awesome so let's have a bit of a chat about um maybe you know we talked about supplements last time you we talked about your pregnancy journey Mm. um and some of those have changed so maybe you could our listeners in on what some of the things that you've done yeah so um the biggest changes have definitely been my diet so being really um balanced and just really varied but in terms of supplements um since about 32 weeks 
I've been on a sort of a highish dose of raspberry leaf extract. So for those of you who don't know what raspberry leaf extract is, I'm sure you guys have heard of, oh, drink raspberry leaf tea while you're pregnant and things like that. Um, There is actually some good sort of um, meaning behind it and it's to help actually tone the uterus. So to help with the birth and the labor process. And there's some research actually, I'll link it in the show notes um, of taking some raspberry leaf tea, uh, sorry, raspberry leaf extract capsules from 32 weeks and it having, it wasn't a marked significantly um, excellent result, but it did show some improvements in like second stage of labor. So like for people who do know how pregnancy works and labor works as the three different stages and there was, there was some slight improvements in that. And I, and also raspberry leaf is very um, mineral dense. It's got a lot of magnesium, potassium and calcium and things like that. So not only um, am I taking it to, you know, just why not take it to try and help tone my own uterus, but also because there's nutrients in it. So yeah. it's kind of like almost like a multivitamin anyway. Yeah, okay. Um, and the other really important supplement um, that I've been high dosing is, the, is a probiotic, but making sure it's got um, about a 10 billion colony-forming colony units of... Um, so that's a count. The count, yeah, of this strain, um, lactobacillus, uh, like, sorry, is it lactobacillus rhamnosus, LGG specifically? And this little guy is really, really important for immunity, um, not only for myself, but helping to build, um, Bub's immune system when it gets born, um, so that I can transfer that good colony onto it. Um, and essentially there's a lot of good research with this one for dermatitis, eczema, that sort of skin, the skin issues that you tend to see in childhood. Yeah. I think the research around LGG and babies is pretty indisputable now. Like I think it's it's really good. Um, you know, there's marked decreases in eczema cases Mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing. So definitely, um, great for anyone who's pregnant, particularly in the last trimester but Mm. certainly i always say to my couples um okay who had eczema as a child and definitely if there's that kind of um genetic background it's like okay get on that probiotic with that strain yes these are probably some of the reasons why it can be beneficial to see a practitioner during pregnancy because there aren't a lot of um off-the-shelf options in terms of probiotics that actually contain that particular strain so you might have to find it through a practitioner. And if you're going to spend the money on taking supplements, you may as well take ones that are actually going to have some benefit. That's right. And I think that one in particular is um, a really important to be coming from the proper strain. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're the two sort of um, differences. I've had blood tests throughout my um, pregnancy since last time we checked in and everything's come back sort of good. If anything came back that was um, imbalanced or deficient, then I would have supplemented with that. So things like vitamin D and iron are probably the big ones that they test for and um, mine have come back good so far and so I haven't felt the need to supplement with them. Which is um, interesting because if anyone is pregnant and listening to this podcast, I don't think there are many people that will get through a pregnancy without supplementing iron. So just be mindful of that. Mm. Um, So And also just be mindful as well that even though Jess isn't supplementing iron, she does eat red meat. She even sometimes eats a 
breakfast and she has really good digestion and absorption Mm. and your pregnancy multi would have had yes that's right so i've almost like try to build up my stores for now when it's really needed yep and then definitely once you're breastfeeding and you know baby's taking most of your nutrients um you might even find during that period you're probably going to have to supplement even more. Yeah, that's right. And this is the thing and something we really want to um, highlight to our listeners is that things change. Like, do you know what I mean? Like right now things are good, but, you know, I'll test again once baby's here and go, all right, where are my levels at? Do I need to supplement? Um, but it's just about, I think, working with your own body and listening to it. Yeah, yeah, and definitely getting, you know, the, the advice that you're comfortable taking and exactly yeah so that's probably a good segue into we you know we were having a chat earlier jess about what you're planning on doing um during labor which was was actually a really really good question yeah Yeah. it is because we don't really talk about it i don't think and as practitioners nutritional practitioners um you know there's a lot we can do in terms of nutritional medicine i think to support that process anyway um it's funny because I um, said to Katie, I was like, um, oh, what's what's that drink you drink when you do your marathons and things like that? I'm like, I'm, I know I'm not going to be running a marathon, but I feel like the birthing process is that physically demanding yeah. Yeah. Um, that it's on that level. So, yeah, I kind of joked to Katie. I was like, yeah, what do you use? Because I think um, nutritionally, you know, electrolytes and Definitely. restoring the glucose and things like that is really important during yeah. that time. So even though you're obviously not running a marathon, no. your heart rate's still going to be through the roof. Yep. You know, they've done lots of studies on what labor might be equivalent to. So it really is, um, it is a marathon. So um, Jess is probably going to be trying to have um, sort of like a sports solution, really. Something yeah. really clean, yep. just with um, some glucose in it and a, and a mixture of electrolytes. Yeah. Um, just because... You know, they're the kinds of things that you lose when you're when you're doing high intensity sport. Absolutely. And you know, she could potentially be in that state for you know ten to twenty five hours. For all Who we knows? Know. That's so. right. And if you think about the actual like um, contraction of the uterus mm-hmm. and things like how much magnesium is needed, how much calcium, you know, for that yep. for that to work efficiently, I think just to keep restoring yourself and also post like once you give birth, you want to be feeling. Um, I mean, obviously you're gonna be tired, but um, you know, you just wanna I don't know, if you can if you can try to replenish yourself as much as you can. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also yeah, so we've kind of I've got a couple of things in my clinic that I recommend that mm. also, you know, are kind of gut friendly and, you know, they don't yeah. sort of, people don't tend to get sick of the flavours. Yeah. The same considerations, really, for running a race. Yeah. yeah, and Katie's really guiding me in this, so um, I'm really grateful to have her professional advice. Um, and I think I think that's really important. Again, seeing somebody for that advice as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you just said something that made me actually later on in pregnancy. One of the big things that I do see, um, and it hasn't happened to you, Jess, and it's probably just a, a tribute to the fact that you're eating well and you're, you know, taking preventative supplements, um, that kind of fluid retention picture. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, you see obviously swollen ankles, cankles, you yeah. see swollen wrists and mm. hands and often um, 
higher blood pressure. Yes, um, that can come up. You know, later in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some really basic things to keep in mind are obviously hydration. Yeah, um, but on a, on a whole full spectrum level, yeah. not just water, like exactly. we were talking about, the electrolytes are really important with that. Um, I think um, in a past job when I used to see more, even more pregnant women than I see now, um, you used to, I used to notice, you know, a week's, a week, the difference in somebody taking an electrolyte formula later in pregnancy, if they're really swollen, mm in just a week it can make a huge difference yeah wow so those electrolytes will help with the fluidity of the cells so yeah. help help basically stuff move in and out of yeah, the cells a that's lot right. easier so you don't get so much of that swelling mm -hmm. um so it can be such an inexpensive and easy fix for some of these um you know things that can cause a lot of discomfort mm. later in pregnancy yeah, yeah, but but this isn't a free ticket to go and get the Powerade and the Gatorade, is yeah, it, Katie? No, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, you want a good quality sort of formulation here. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be like fifty grams of sugar and like ten grams of sodium. <laughs> yeah, which some of them are. Yeah, um, you really want to focus on a true electrolyte formula. Yeah, nice and clean, something that's not going to affect your gut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, in terms of the actual birthing process, I think that's all we sort of um, really focused on, hey, um, mm. nutritionally. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, I, I can imagine that you're not going to have a lot of time or energy to think yeah. about, you know, I mean, in an ideal world, we would hope that you've eaten well up until the yeah. pregnancy and you've been taking your supplements. Yeah. And if you have a drink on hand that you can actually stomach yeah. during that process, then that's just a bonus. Well, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, we, Katie and myself both thought that was mainly the the most important thing. Um, and then apart from that, you're looking at more lifestyle so, sort of stuff, you know. Um, I guess we could talk about now some things that I've been doing throughout my pregnancy that I feel have been really helpful in preventing yeah, any issues. Um, yeah. So a big one for me was the pregnancy yoga um, and this has just been really helpful with my mindset around birth and pregnancy and um, keeping my calm actually because you know I've been I've been working throughout the whole time um, quite a bit um, and I've loved it but you know just it's that kind of that yin and yang you know lots of um, heady stuff doing lots of stuff in clinic and then coming to do the yogas just help to relax me and reset me but especially um, when you do pregnancy yoga because it's specific for um, birth it just helps to kind of I think retrain your mind and help with your breathing which I think is going to be an important part of the birthing process yeah um, another thing I think is, is still moving. Yeah. Um, I've tried to stay fairly active in, when I say active, like, I mean, going for a 30 minute walk every day, but just being, trying to be consistent with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, um, one thing I've probably seen more in my time than actually as a practitioner than actual pregnancies is people after birth, maybe probably more at the stage where they might have a one-year-old and they've had a really rough first mm. 12 months and, um, you know, they might have been diagnosed with postnatal depression. Yep. And I think, you know, while some people might think, wow, you know, you know, you're really putting a lot of work into your diet and you're taking supplements and all of this, but at the end of the day, most of this stuff is prevention because... Yep. You know, I've had a, a few women 
um, under my care who, you know, it's taken almost two or three years to get to get well again after giving birth. And when when we look back at their history, it's it there it's all the same. I mean, they're all got different stories, but the the common factor is probably just being quite undernourished during yeah. pregnancy yeah. and a little bit nutrient deficient because we all know you know we've tried to kind of convey that the repercussions of, of some nutrient deficiencies in particular you know they they can like low iron can you know it can result in really bad immunity or it can Absolutely. result in feeling so exhausted that you can become depressed yeah. yes so, you know just thinking about um and i'm always mindful when i when i see people who are trying to fall pregnant or are pregnant or have given birth because i've never been through that experience myself so i'm trying to say these things objectively yeah um but at the end of the day it's worth the investment and it's worth the time because you want to be as well as you can be so Mm. that when you You've, you've had your baby you can enjoy that process a hundred percent yeah and I mean like this is just subjective obviously but um when I've seen babies that have come into the clinic after you know mum's given birth and whatnot you can almost you can see the ones you can see the health in the mum and the baby when mm. they've when they have kind of maybe gone that extra mile mm. um, I really do think yeah it's it's really really important i agree um and like we're not talking about fertility today but you've got to you you know i think when you start to plan for a baby that's the time when you start to look at your own habits Mm -hmm. and go all right well would i want my child to pick up on this so for example if 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 you you know if one couple one person in the relationship doesn't eat their vegetables or you know, is a soft drink addict Mm. or doesn't do any exercise, well, as gently as possible, I try to say to people, okay, now look three years down the line. Mm -hmm. If you've got a two-year-old who's not going to eat their veggies and isn't going to go outside and play, the repercussions of that are that they're going to have, they might have have behavioural issues or they might have, you know, ADHD or something. So, you know, we, we do have to, I think... Pregnancy is is one of the areas of life where we have to do things really preventatively. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, so well, well said, Katie. Because um, I know you say um, it objectively, but I feel like ex- like this experience being pregnant and doing a lot of the preventative measures that people yeah. recommend has helped immensely. I really do. I don't know where i would be if i wasn't doing what i was doing i don't know if i would be i don't know in a different position you know with complications or things like that so i 100 percent believe that um a lot of eating well still moving yoga you know supplementing where i need to has just been a life say or like just really improved my um, pregnancy experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and now we're looking at, you know, I mean, this is a topic for another podcast, obviously, but we are starting to get quite reactive with um, some of our treatment options. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, you know, I think a healthy body should probably carry a fairly healthy pregnancy. 
um, and then hopefully that will result in healthy offspring. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what you hope for, hey. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, what else did we want to touch um, on? You wanted to you you said that you've been having a, a few more issues with sleep. Yeah, sleep has out of everything sleep's probably been my biggest kind of um downfall and i guess it's because as i've gotten bigger it's uncomfortable on my back it's uncomfortable on my stomach i can't even lie my stomach anymore so it's just a lot of tossing and turning through the night so my sleep's definitely not as restorative um what have i done to try and help um just pillows like getting the body pillows um you know trying to prop myself up and and just and also having a, like a nighttime routine to help yeah. get my brain um, settled a bit more um, because I know it's going to be more of a struggle to fall asleep than it would be before I was pregnant. So, um, you know, really trying to just um, stay off social media, not really watch telly, try get the dim lights going and just set my mind up for sleep so my body can dry follow as best it can. Yeah, yeah. And um I mean, if you wanted to, you could always look at dosing up some magnesium. Yeah, exactly, because that's really supportive for sleep yeah. um, and very gentle and beneficial for other reasons. Yeah. I haven't tried that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, there are some options, um, you know, that are... I think people need to be mindful of going and buying off-the-shelf herbal sleep remedies and that's mm-hmm. off-the-shelf anything during pregnancy. But definitely high-dose magnesium, you can't go too wrong with. And yeah. A lot of people respond really well to that. Really actually. well. I, personally, I don't. Magnesium won't, won't help me sleep, but yeah. I know lots of clients who. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, what else? What about, you know, not to, um, you know, we love talking about. Yeah. Have you had any constipation issues? Um, do you know what? My digestion and my bowel movements have been the best that they have ever been in my whole life awesome. while being pregnant. I had a little bit of constipation in the beginning, um, transferring. I remember transferring into the second trimester and I thought, oh dear, like I've got to get on top of this. But I think as I varied my diet more and... Right. And um, included more of those complex carbs as I listened to my body. It just has been really good. So quite regular, no, um, yeah, no issues there. But it's not to say that might come along because that's something that people experience yes. towards the end. Because yeah, there's like if you think about it, that baby and everything in there is just squashing everything up. So um, yeah, if I if I do experience it, what what would you recommend? What do you think nutritionally? Um, well, I mean, I guess you've got to, I always start with water. Yeah. With, so, with, um, you know, bowel motions because people can get slack during winter and go, yeah, I'm drinking two liters of water, but it's really more like 500 ml. Yeah. Um, and probably, you know, you probably want to be pushing that hydration up to more like two and a half to three liters of, yeah. of water and combined yeah. electrolytes, I'd say, because yeah. you would have put on naturally mm-hmm. some weight with the pregnancy, yeah. which is healthy. Yeah. But uh, obviously if you're heavier, then you more, more, more hydration is important. Yeah. I mean, things like um, functional foods, like, you know, yeah. introducing some prunes into your oats or yeah. um, higher fiber foods like that, making sure there's plenty of even maybe a little bit of extra fruit to help things along perhaps. Yeah. Um, you've already got plenty of fiber from vegetables and whatnot mm. in there. 
I mean, I love the good old psyllium husks. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Flax seed meal as yeah. well as a good one. Chia yeah. seeds. So all of those things you can mix into yogurt. Yeah. You can chuck them on top of oats. Psyllium, you can chuck a tablespoon in some water and just down it. Mm. Um, and they're all really inexpensive options that you'll just find in the mm. supermarket. I mm. mean, a bag of psyllium is like $5. Yeah, yeah, it is really good. And then obviously... Um, you know, some people probably need a little bit more of a nudge and there's a couple of, well, I know there's a couple of clinical laxative formulas mm. that are perfectly safe mm. and well-researched for mm. use during pregnancy, but I wouldn't be naming names. No, and that'd be a last resort. A last I think resort, it, exactly. if, you know, if yeah. it was really bad. Yeah. Um, but again, you're working with the body, so it's like, if everything's squashed up, it's like, you know, just trying to do the best you can with with through diet, I think, through food. And, and I mean, just yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say, Jess, as you uh as you get closer, mm. um chili hot hot food. Yeah, well. yeah, like, yeah. Adding a little bit of spice to the, the food. Yeah. Um sometimes that can help with the bowel motions as well. But yeah. obviously, um that can actually that that might help yeah. labour on yeah. as well. The only other, now that we talk about digestion, the only other sort of um, complaint I would say that I've experienced digestively is a bit of reflux. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can talk about that because I think a lot of women experience this. Um, but me personally, I notice the most at night. Mm-hmm. If I'd have dinner, I'd lay down yes. and I'd feel it really just sitting there. And um, so what I've done is just tried to eat earlier in the night or a, sm- a smaller meal um and again using those pillows just to kind of prop prop yeah. me up a little bit more but a reflux is a massive one that women experience yeah. Yeah. Mm. and again it's simply because everything's being pushed up and yeah. there's just no room <laughs> yeah absolutely mm. so some of these problems are like things that that a clinician can help you with quite easily if it yeah. gets to that point and i guess it's that it's it's like anything, you know, let's be proactive rather yeah. than reactive yeah. and let things become, you know, absolutely unbearable to live with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably, we're kind of getting to the end of our podcast, mm, We um, are. We've, we've spoken about a lot today. Um, so we hope that you've, yeah, you've learned something or taken something away from it. Are you busy in the kitchen now getting some meals ready and popped in the freezer at this point? So I've got two weeks left of work and then my maternity leave kicks in and that's sort of my plan where, yes, I will be cooking some nutritious meals. And this is a really good point you've brought up, Katie. But um, the importance, again, it's we're talking about prevention before, but now it's like preparing. So having those meals in the freezer is going to mean that when I'm flat out or sleepless or whatever, I'm just going to have a meal there that I can pull out and heat up and eat. So, um, yes, that is on my to-do list when I have some more time. Awesome. Mm. All right. So we hope you guys have enjoyed Jess's um, pregnancy update. Yeah. Um, remember that obviously her journey is her journey, your journey is your journey, yeah. but take what works for you from this podcast. Yeah. Um, and hopefully there's been some nice little tips there that you might, um, find helpful. Yeah. So just to recap on our five principles <clears throat> at the Nourish Wrap, um, we encourage you to listen to your own body, um, eat whole foods, you know, the majority of the time, try to switch off. So get a few, um, a few moments, um, peace every day um good sleep always 
always the key to one of the essential um, ingredients for health and um, move every day in an enjoyable way. Mm. So thanks guys. We'll follow up um, with Jess um, in what, like a few weeks. Yeah. She's got a baby, which will be <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. Um, and hear a little bit more about what she's doing at that point. Um, and if you've got any suggestions for shows, please yeah. email us. Um, we'd love to hear from you and have a great week. Bye guys.